You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to the Real Estate Lowdown. I'm your host, Bill Bymel. The Real Estate Lowdown is your weekly opportunity to step into the conversations going on in today's real estate and mortgage markets. We explore terms and concepts of the industry, host interviews of intriguing industry cohorts from high net worth investors to real estate agents just making their mark. We will share our love of all things real estate, bringing you the most innovative and sustainable real estate lifestyle ideas each and every week. If you enjoy what you hear today, hit the follow button, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and please share your support with a quick review. You can find me on the web at billbymel.com, and thanks for joining this episode of the Real Estate Lowdown. Lupe Chow, welcome to the Real Estate Lowdown. Hi, Bill. Nice to meet you. And thank you for having me. My, hey, it's great. You know, one of the things that caught my eye when we were talking about having you on the program was your background as a naval officer. As a father and a son of veterans, I have an affinity to the U.S. Armed Forces. And you are not only formerly, but you're actually active duty naval officer who is just happens to be in real estate as well. So tell us about your background in the Navy. Yeah, so I am I am a supply officer, my official title, right? So I'm a supply officer. And so for my Navy job, mostly I have done logistics, supply chain. And right now for the last, I would say eight years or so, I've been doing government contracting. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. And then obviously there's a world that we can get into about that. My son's actually as a someone, he just finished his four-year contract with the army. He was like very much interested in that, you know, contracting, you know, for the defense industry or whatnot. And then you served our country, I believe, in Afghanistan during Operation Enduring Freedom, right? I did. Yeah, I was there for about seven months in wow. 2013, 14. Wow. And what was that like? It's Afghanistan. It's just a amazing country. Honestly, you know, it, it has so much history, beautiful architecture, and the people are very, very warm. If you actually get to meet them, of course, the war ruined everything, but the country itself is, is fascinating. Yeah. One of the things, you know, I'm, I'm a huge travel buff myself and I've been to about 35 countries and it's not quite enough. I, I would like to, to be at least a hundred. And one of the things that I find, especially when you go into countries that have been on the news in the United States over years is it's never like what you think, right? And that's yeah, always been that ex my experience. So that was my experience when I first went to China in the 80s. It was my experience when I go to China or now, you know? Um, yeah. It was my experience going to the Middle East because there's an impression of, you know, based upon what audio, what newspaper or what news station you're listening to as to who's right and who's wrong and what's really going on. You'd think that, you know, if you think that you look at Israel, you'd think, Oh man, there's a bomb there every day is the impression. But you go there and it's the most beautiful country with, you know, that's filled with 
Arabs and Jews and Christians that, and they all just love the atmosphere. And I would assume that that's probably what Afghanistan we have because of our association of Afghanistan with Al Qaeda and 9-11 and endless wars, not only our war, but then Russia's war with Afghanistan. We've come to associate it with war and destruction and anger. But like you said, it's one of the oldest countries in the world. It's got steep history, probably beautiful people, beautiful food and beautiful culture. So it's interesting that you say that. And I appreciate you for mentioning that. So you got into real estate after that, right? And tell us about your history and what got you into real estate and what you do in real estate. So I got into real estate really quite recently, I would say about 2018. So 2018, I came back to the States. I was stationed overseas and then I came back at that time. So I'm in DC now, I'm still in DC. And the one thing we did at that time, look to buy a home here in DC. So we sold our house in California, the house I had for about 10 years. At that time, it was just about nine years. And, and you know, like, no, so I have to like mention this, right? Like prior to that, I was not into real estate, like zero experience, really just, I had my own home. That's the only transaction I have ever done. Right. And then I was absent landlord. I had the houses rented to actually somebody I know in the area. And for about six years, seven years, and I was just happy somebody's paying my mortgage, you know, and I don't have to worry about it. I never check on the value of the property. I never, yeah, I was just never involved, you know, being in the military, right? Like you are busy all the time and I was just happy. I don't have to deal with it. So when I decided to sell in 2018 and I was surprised like how much the house has appreciated and I just can't believe it's, yeah, that's really like, I would say like my first it's kind of opened my eyes to get me to think like, okay, there's something going on with the real estate, right? Like you can really make money like in right. this business. So yeah, we sold our house and with the military, you know, like being active duty, we actually qualify. The homes was still classified as a primary residence after all these years, right? So zero tax, right? Everything like in my pocket. So yes. So that was like no turning back. I say I have to do real estate. But that's how I got started. And I started out in a single family. You know, we started out with just some rental properties. We actually, my husband and I, we got up to six doors. But, you know, that's kind of like when you really run into the problem with scaling and you maxed out on how much you can borrow. So then I started to look at commercial, you know, multifamily. Yeah, but that's a brief history on how I got okay, here. So that's good stuff. I mean, there's so much. I want to ask you a follow-up on that because you're the type of person that really has recently, in the last five years, gotten into the business, gotten to a point where you've mm-hmm. seen some success. You totally didn't see this as a career path or as a even a secondary way of making money until a few until five six years ago, and now you've come and you've even gone so far as to now graduate from the initial let's buy a few properties and make some money off those to 
the commercial thing. So this is for somebody that is new to the real estate investment world that they, you know, they may work in real estate or they may work outside of real estate and they see this. What are some of the, like, can you think of a pitfall or a crazy story that you learned the most from, or was there something that happened that's really, you know, I'd love to, I just love to hear these little insights. You know, when you read my book, Windman Revolution, the whole thing is about, not the whole thing, but the, each chapter has a specific story, you know, that kind of t- paints the picture so that I can remember someday when I don't remember other things. But tell me, do you have anything that you'd like to share with us about some of those, like, getting started in the industry, some of the biggest, most important things you learned just in the very beginning, even in the, those first five, six properties? Honestly, I think like one of my biggest challenge in the beginning, it really was figuring out what I want to do. I remember I was like looking at flipping, wholesaling, you know, doing different things. I was kind of like jumping from strategy to strategy, you know, like doing this for a few months and doing something else. I think you just stop. But sometimes I feel like it's, you just don't know. You really have to go through it to experience it i think it's easy to say oh figure out what you want and like put a hundred percent of energy into it but i don't know if that's really gonna be realistic you know because sometimes when you are starting out you're just exploring and you may not even know what's the best strategy for you but that took me i would say like a good year you know year and a half and then I mean, we decided, you know, eventually you know, we did some bird project and the buy and hold. It works best for our lifestyle just because both of us are working. We can't like flipping or right. wholesaling just really, you know, wouldn't work. Those with are full time jobs. That's such yeah. a good point, you know, because like, look, there's so many, you know, I actually did an entire episode about all the different careers that exist in real estate. And I don't even think I covered everything. And, but there's so many aspects to, you know, real estate investing, especially on the real estate investing side. And I think that ultimately folks that are flippers, I was a flipper. I, I mean, in theory, I, you can still say that I am because we once in a while we'll sell a, an NPL that we buy, you know, yeah. or we'll flip obviously an REO property. You know, I was a wholesaler too. I was a, those are full time jobs. And if yeah. you're not sitting at your desk doing your job, then you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you talk about passive income, that's an easy, you know, becoming a landlord and finding a, a property that cash flows at a good cap rate with passive income and also building equity as a result of it. That's something anyone can do. It's a great segue into real estate investing as buying and holding. I got to say, you know, I mean, I'm in the business of real estate and I make my living really as an active real estate investor doing flipping deals and buying and flipping deals and selling deals. And yet when I look back on my history, some of my biggest wins were properties that I held for a few years. You know, rent yeah. like a bank property that I could that I bought out of the Lehman Brothers Trust. You know, back in fourteen, three years later, I doubled my money on that. Mm-hmm. You know, even just short term rental properties, you have the benefits of having somebody else it pay down a mortgage if you have to have one. You get yep. the write offs that come with depreciation, and then you get the upside from the resale down the road. Now. 
Yeah. Obviously, we're at a point in the market where, for the first time, we're seeing a decline in values, which is, you know, as markets are cyclical, we have to go through some periods of that. So that all needs, but any property that cash flows with rental, you know, with, with realistic rental income numbers, it's going to cash flow regardless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would say I'm a pretty conservative investor. I don't really take huge risk in real estate because I really feel to do that, have the time and be able to have the focus, right? Like you have to be in the business and do that. So to me, you know, I've always been more like it's a waiting game, right? Like if you can just hold off, you're going to make money. Eventually yeah. you will. Right. So that's kind of be my you're strategy. A perfect walking example of someone who has had this real estate investing as a second career, you know, and, and it's something that probably will end up becoming more of your, you know, we'll probably end up making more money than having to do individual contracting, right? Because you know, we all want to get to a point in our lives where we have passive income. Oh, yeah. And that's what this avails, right, is this passive income. Recently, it sounds like you now are talking in more recent years, getting into commercial, multifamily, larger properties. And I understand that you've, you've used some creative financing and some strategic partnering along the way. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I would say the one thing that helped me the most is really partnership, especially when you go to bigger properties, right? Nobody's doing these big properties by themselves and you just have to leverage. And for me, you know, like being still having a full-time job, you know, I can't scale if I don't leverage people. So my partners are just, uh, yeah, they are wonderful. They, you know, we help each other to grow and, you know. You own properties now in how many states? I also invest like passively as LP in, you know, some deals as well. So I think like right now we are focusing taxes. That is, I would say the market we are actively involved in, but I invest as LP like in the Carolinas, in Pennsylvania, mostly East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, you want to be less than a three-hour flight, right, from D.C. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. By the way, as a side note, unrelated, I'm totally going off topic. Do you think that you need to be in D.C. to be a contractor? With the, I mean, does it really help you that you're local, that you're with being a contractor for the government, or is it just is it just coincidence that you are settled there? I'm here because of the Navy. Na- the Navy sent me here. But I would say if you are on the private sector side, if you're not on the government side, right, you are on the private sector side, there are definitely a lot more opportunity here in D.C. compared to, I don't know, like Idaho sure. or somewhere, <laughs> right? The job is here. I mean, it really is. And then they pay good. They pay good here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So creative financing and strategic partnering is, is so the partnering aspect makes sense. How did you find your partners? Is it that you just went out looking for them? Did they look for you? How do, do you have any tips about, you know, what makes in your, I mean, as someone who's pretty conservative and building a portfolio, any tips as to like what you look for in a partner? So I have two partners now, and then we've been working together for, I would say, co- close to maybe two years. And 
they are very organic. And I was looking, of course, right? Like I wanted to partner with somebody. I was looking, but the relationship happened organically. So Tiffany, one of my partners, she's actually here. She's local. And we are both in a women's group, a women's real estate group here. It's called Invest Her Capital Region. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. That was next on my list. Tell us yeah. about Invest Her. I love it. It's instead of Investor, it's Invest Her group, right? Yeah. So we are both leaders in the chapter. Well, so Invest Her is a big organization networking for women real estate investors, and they are nationwide. But they have meetups, I think over 50 locations in the US. So we are leading the DC chapter. That's how we met. And before we partner officially, we have worked together for over a year. We have done projects together. We have, you know, done events together. So it happened organically, you know, and we already know each other. Like we didn't go in like cold, you know, like just meeting this person. So it's been good. Like it's really working well. It's working out pretty good. And our third partner, Noel, so he and Tiffany met in a coaching program together. So they were in that program together. So it's also, you know, an organic relationship. So I think sometimes, you know, I, I hear so many horror stories about bad, bad partnership in real estate. I would say, just you have to if you cannot like hang out with a person or go out have fun and eat dinner together it's probably not a partner for you wonderful so that's it so you use you kind of use your gut instinct you go with people that are you know like that that you would want to be with as a you know and 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 feel comfortable as a friend or like you said okay that's all that's good advice hey that's i love it i love that and so do you find yourself mostly investing with people through the invest herb group or are you just you're agnostic in terms of so for invest her it's we don't really in i guess we don't really it's really for it's a place sharing for women knowledge versus sharing deals yeah, sharing knowledge, networking, and really help the women to get into real estate. It's not really a forum we use to do our own deals. Right. We do our own deals like, you know, to our own, you know, company side. But we enjoy, you know, hanging out with the ladies, you know, and just, uh, yeah, spend time doing brunch and doing different projects. And, you know, we also met a lot of interesting people. So, for example... We have a lady in the group who is, who's got a lot of years of experience in education. So right now we are work, working with her to create our coaching program or education program, you know, because we do want to some, provide something a little bit more structured that we've been like kind of doing things just here and there, but I think and she's helping us to build a curriculum. So things like that, you know, you may not even be directly related to real estate, but women are supporting each other on their businesses. That's great. Great mm -hmm. stuff. Great stuff. Well, it's obvious that you're passionate about, you know, financial literacy education, especially with women, obviously, but, you know, 
I love that you're just, you know, that you're, you're out there, you're putting yourself out there, making this stuff accessible. You know, it's really, it's really great. It's really great stuff. What, where do you see the market these days? I mean, you know, we're, there's a lot of, does, you know, we all, as real estate investors, we all want and hope that the real estate market's always going to go up. And you know that all real estate and all financial markets generally yeah. over the course of time go through cycles. Where do you think we're at these days? I think, you know, like right now, the key is really to be conservative, right? Like I don't think you should take too much risk right now. What does it look like to you in today's well, the risk? I'm put you right on the spot. What's a risky deal to you? I mean, like, what what would be risky versus less risky? I think it's really like, okay, so in multifamily, which is like what we focus on, it's really about, you know, like, say, be realistic about your rent and expenses. I mean, the rent is not going up like the last two years, right? Like, it's not 10% every year. So you have to, it's always good to under-promise and over-deliver when it comes to your investors. And so I really think that's kind of being like our principle in underwriting. We look at so many deals and we underwrite so many deals, but but it's hard. It's really hard to come across a deal if you are being honest with these numbers. You know, I know people want to make the number looks better than they are, but we really try to be honest with ourselves and with our investors when it comes Very to, we better, we rather pass a deal than, getting ourselves in a deal and stuck with it, right? Yeah, no, I get it. So what you're saying, and I'm just repeating for the audience, is that a riskier deal would be something that bases the assumptions on Mm -hmm. maybe projections that don't exist or numbers that are hopeful or optimistic, to say the least. So, like, for instance, if you're like, you cannot project any increases in rent, moving forward right now in today's market versus even maybe even the possibility that rents could go down or you got to project that, you know, the cost of labor, the cost of rehab or something is going to be greater moving forward given the inflation. So that's what you're saying. Be more conservative with the assumptions and which direction the market's going in. Great advice. I love it. Yeah. Totally. And we are also very conservative with our borrowing, you know, like it's pretty much like we only look at fixed rate at this point, you know, no floating, no bridge, you know, wow. we just don't want to risk it at all. Oh, I hear you. Luke. <laughs> I mean, you know, being somebody who's buying loans for a living, I am seeing five-year-old loans that had three-year fixed arms those borrowers are in deep, deep trouble right now. <laughs> they, they knew, oh, who would have ever imagined that they would have gotten caught right at the time that their loan was readjusting to a year ago, you know, mm-hmm. or two years ago. I mean, it is, yeah, very, very good point. Unfortunately, even fixed rate mortgages are expensive now, you know, but it is, but at least, you know, you can underwrite that, right? You know, you are going to be 7% or whatever, yeah. and that's not going to change and you can work with it, but. We just can't, you know, have something that's going to change in a year or two. And you don't even know what's going to change to. So you can't control that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's funny. It's like these are all just basic principles of real estate investing that go back 
decades. You know, rich man, rich dad, poor dad, you know, the basics of real estate investing that you, and that's what I think a lot of we've gotten away from in last years because of the fact that money was so cheap for so long. There just wasn't a lot of deals that purely yielded on their own. So many people got into leverage deals or riskier deals with higher projections or creating value add or whatever it might be. It's just about getting back to the basics as we turn into this new market today. You know, I mean, as the market turns, you go back to the basics, low leverage, fixed leverage if necessary. Mm -hmm. And make sure the deal pencils on its own with vacancies, with capital reserve, you know, costs built in and no assumptions that prices of anything are going to go up in your favor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Bill. Yeah, those are the really just the basics. But, you know, I think sometimes you just need to stick with the basics. You don't have to be too fancy. That's right. And now more than ever. Great advice. Really great. Well, any last words for my audience? Predictions for the near future? Any last things that you'd like to share about yourself and your or real estate? We definitely have to bring you back on. We're going to have you back next year or later this year. See how your real estate portfolio is building. Anything else that you'd like to share with us? You know, for the audience, I know there are a lot of investors out there on the fence you can't really go wrong with real estate investing. This is best one of the best way to create wealth. Just don't go crazy with it. But you know, I personally still buying just very conservatively and be careful. But don't be scared, right? If you don't take a chance, then you're never gonna. Yeah, um, the best education know. comes from just dipping your toe in. I agree. You know, I meet people that are wanting to get into this business or some sort of real estate investment business and they go to these conferences, they spend thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I see them over and over again. And I ask, wait, when's your next deal? And they spend all their money on the conferences. They never actually invest their money in the deals. So there's a, you actually do need to get your feet wet and the best education comes from buying a deal be conservative, but take that chance. Take that leap. Great advice. Really good. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully we can all create some generational wealth, right? In a decade, two decades from now. I mean, it will as long as you get started. Yeah. I wish I had followed the one of the golden rules is buy and never sell. I haven't followed my own advice. And, but this next time around, that's what we're going to do with the kids. So we're going to build a nice portfolio for them to keep. So. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good, Bill. Oh, Thank great you to so be much. You. Thanks for being on the Real Estate Lowdown with me. Likewise, and great talking to you. Hope to see you soon. That's a wrap of today's episode of the Real Estate Lowdown. I enjoy bringing this content to you each and every week, and I really appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't already done so, please share the Real Estate Lowdown or any episode, any favorite episode with your friends, family, And, you know, if you don't mind, leave a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember to follow us so you don't do get notified every time a new episode is released. Love to hear from you directly at BillBuyMel.com. Till then, see you next time. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. 
Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.